Hi, this is Barack Lurie, and this is the Barack Lurie Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. With me, as always, my good friend and producer, Ari David. And uh, a shout-out to our law office, uh, Lurie and Associates, soon to be Lurie and Seltzer. Uh, 310-478-7788. If you have any uh, legal issues, real estate and business litigation, it's what we do. I think we do it very well. Uh, We're good at strategizing, as you might expect after hearing all of our podcasts and such. We do like to talk about the consequences of things. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. We very often uh, advise potential clients, you know, not to pursue their actions because, you know, it's all good and well in terms of whether they have a legal case. But they also have to ask how are they going to prosecute the case and what are their damages and such like that. And it's really interesting to see so much of the political analysis that we have, Ari, about things um, and of the social issues of the day. And, and you'll hear me often say, what is the end game here? What, wh- where do they think this is going to go? Whether it's the, the lowest learner business with the IRS emails, right? Where is this going to go? I mean, it's delaying the inevitable, so to speak. Where is the um, ISIS situation going to go? What, what happens if we don't deal with it? Um, these are these are consequences, and so anyway, this is what I'd like to think we do in our practice, and I think we do it well. But speaking about lowest learner and such, uh, we are now uh, through an article, Ari, that you sent me um, from I believe it was um, what's the organization that's kind of busted this wide open? Judicial Watch. Judi- that's right, there Judicial was an Watch. By Tom Fitton, the lead counsel. Yeah, Watch. and I know Tom Fitton. I, I've met him uh, through uh, various different conservative. Uh, groups and he spoke so eloquently. He's so on top of this, and he's a really thorough guy. And he's discovering what we all knew had to be the case, which is that these emails are indeed backed up, um, and that their latest excuse is, "Well, we think it's just too hard to retrieve these emails." Yeah, liberals who say the government can do anything and everything and should right. now go, "Well, we're too lazy to do that." <laughs> That's right. right? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. But we, we should be able to completely change the entire healthcare system. You know, that, that's a monumental task, of course. Uh, we should have a hundred billion dollar, uh, you know, high speed rail and yada yada yada. yada. I mean, it's, it's the craziness involved here that this is this, this is would be so difficult to retrieve emails. How? Tell me why that's so difficult. Well, the answer is, of course, because we don't want to. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're afraid it's, what you'll see in them. Yeah, it's difficult because we say it's difficult. That's why, because we don't feel like it. It would, it would require us, to, you know, from to move from one chair to the other while the Earth is spinning on its axis. Yeah, you well, understand? That's what you're saying, but you know, if the emails had uh, exculpatory evidence that proved nothing untoward happened here, we'd have them in a day. Yeah, that's right. That's of right. course. That's right. Well, it's it certainly, and if, it, if the shoe were on the other foot and somehow it was the Bush administration or the Reagan administration that were uh, supposedly hiding some things and claiming that the emails were lost, uh, you, can, you can bet that there would be not just Watergate-style investigation, but criminal investigations, uh, impeachment would, would not be enough, uh, the calls for any impeachment. It would be called for convictions and jail time, et cetera, et cetera. Firing squad. <laughs> Probably a firing squad. And, and just so you know, also know, an- Anonymous would have already hacked these computers, and WikiLeaks would have already published the uh, the emails. It would be we have them. That's right. right. That's 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 true. So this is where we are with it. it it's uh, and I and I spoke to a couple of my my liberal friends about it. Um, also to my brother, who's uh, who, who's on the liberal side of things. He, he by far is the most intelligent liberal that I know. I, I 
probably there's one other that I think is on the same par with him. He, uh, he really analyzes issues. So I enjoyed talking to him. I think he enjoys talking to me about it. We actually have a very good rapport, the two of us. Um, and we ask, okay, what's your position on this? How would you respond to this? That sort of thing. And uh, it, never get, it never comes to blows. I mean, everyone kind of jokes around with us saying, well, I, I'd like to see what it's like at Thanksgiving dinner for you guys. Ha ha. Like, and they imagine this kind of fist fighting that's going on. And it's just not the case. It's I mean, really disappointing. I was <laughs> yeah. they, they just talk in, in calm tones, and it, it's really quite I boring. Know. I know. <laughs> well, okay. So, it's, it is calm tones. I, even like Dennis Prager says, right? He says, you know, just first, what is that? You know, we just see clarity as to what your positions are. We don't have to convince each other, right? So I just want to know what his position is. And for them, it wasn't just my brother, by the way. It was other liberals. So I, I forward this over, and I say, here's the situation. Um, you know, clearly, you must be, this must upset you. I mean, I'm, that, that your own president is doing this. Or, and, and so what's their response? Their response is, well, we don't know that there's any connection to the president, first of all. And secondly, Lois Lerner, she was a Bush appointee, don't you know? And uh, we talked about this in a previous podcast. Uh, well, you can call it a Bush appointee. When you, when you think the phrase Bush appointee or the president's appointee, you think that they've been nominated and there's a Senate confirmation. And this is Lois Lerner being now appointed in, uh, for, for, to head up this division of the IRS. But no, it wasn't like this, as you so thoroughly explained in the previous podcast. No, she was an employee that was hired during the Bush administration. That doesn't mean that she's been vetted for all her conservative values and such like that. No, she, she, she was a liberal. And when Obama became president, he promoted her to the position that she now has. Am I wrong? Yeah. That's okay, exactly that's exactly it. Okay, so it's a, it's a cute argument, the Bush appointee um, argument. Maybe, uh, you know, for the liberal, liberal listeners out there, you know, if, if we're wrong, please email us. Please call us, 310-478-7788. We'd be happy to hear from you. Um, you can always call, by the way, about any of our uh, podcasts and ask, uh, you know, some questions or challenge us. Um, so that's one thing. Now, the, the, the question about Obama being tied to this whole thing, my response to that is, for real? You, you think that Obama, this is one of the biggest scandals around, and you think that Obama knows nothing about this? You, you think that there is truly that's, that much separation in government? that they like don't Sergeant keep, Schultz. Okay, explain to me. Oh, I know nothing. Yeah, I know nothing. I know nothing. Yeah, I, I, come on, folks. And not only that, but it, it turns out that there was, uh, if you look at the guest rod register for the White House, um, and not that you, you would even know that you need this, right? You could use phone calls and have meetings elsewhere. But it just so happens that uh, the IRS uh, heads uh, met with uh, Obama just so many more times. Uh, it, it's almost impossible to imagine that they didn't discuss this this issue of targeting conservative groups. And then we also talked a while ago about how they argue, well, gosh, there's, there's a, um, what is it, uh, that there's a 7% of the, um, of the targeting, or at least there's a couple of them that were targeting for liberal groups also. Therefore, I'm you know, washing my hands of this whole business, and uh, there's, no, uh, there's no impartiality here. So there's no partiality here. It must be okay. And I just think to myself, really? <laughs> you, 
<laughs> this is your argument these days that that you can <laughs> that you can uh, uh, let's say let, you, this is too easy, right? I mean, right? Am I, I'm having okay. Let's say you have uh, a, a wide, huge organization. Let's say Microsoft, right? And you hire only, you know, five black people in the, your entire history of. Of Microsoft, right? Since 1980, let's say, out of 50,000 employees, out of 50,000, like and and then they, and then you, your argument in response is, we hired five black people, like, okay, see you later, <laughs> investigation done. <laughs> um, of course, you'd say that's absurd, but but yet when when it comes to your side of the equation, you, you're willing to say that that even one is sufficient, right? And and who knows what the quote unquote investigation was of the liberal group anyway, but. Seriously, folks, you gotta you gotta really be internally consistent. You you know that this is crazy, and whatever your liberal outlets are telling you, please you gotta look at your own newspapers, your own outlets with a much more jaundiced eye. And yes, I understand, I totally understand that you could point to us and say the exact same thing and say, well, what about you, Mr. Lurie? You know, you seem to read the Wall Street Journal and Fox News, and that's your source of of, of journalism. Okay, there's something to that. However, there's really no comparison. We are inundated with uh, liberal media focus. Uh, they are constantly throwing uh, all sorts of scandals at us. Uh, there's no comparison. We are, in, we are bathing in liberal media stories. And I, I do review what CNN has to say. I do review what the LA Times has to say. It's almost impossible to avoid it. And as Dennis Prager correctly says, you know, you could, if you're a liberal, you could easily know only what the liberals have to say. You could truly go about years and years without knowing a single thing that a conservative outlet says. By contrast, if you're a conservative, it's impossible for you to not know what the liberals are saying. Okay? You're absolutely right. And, and furthermore, on top of that, your point is so brilliant because... We're inundated with liberalism, not just in our news sources, but everywhere in our culture. Meaning, if you don't do what we do and reach out to conservative or centrist news sources for the balanced side of the equation, all you get is it, even if you don't, even if you're a liberal who doesn't read the LA yeah. Times or the New York Times, you see movies, you listen to music. Oh you yeah. See art. Yeah. You talk to your friends. Yeah, you got the Roger Waters and the Eddie Vedders and and who talk about rail against Israel, for example. And I mean, it's impossible not to get a large slew of liberal stew thrown at you. It's just, it's impossible. So, I mean, it's 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 not even my point. I, mean, I appreciate you're saying that it was a brilliant point, but you know, uh, not only has Dennis Prager said it, uh, but so many conservative groups. It's it's so clear out there. So, please spare me the. Um, the indignation. Uh, the reality is, if you're a liberal, you you know that that you're just bathing in, in uh, liberal press, and the the way liberals see the conservative outlets, it, it's just like was it Tom Brokaw who said it or no? Um, uh, P, it wasn't Peter Jennings. Dan Rather. It's one of those three guys, um, or one of the younger guys. No, Brian Williams. Brian Williams said it. He was referring to Fox News as follows. He said uh, they were talking about the state of media and such, and and he was bemoaning how it was becoming, uh, in his words, uh, uh, balkanized or separated, and everything was becoming unique news for this or that interest group. 
And Fox News, he said, you know, now the conservatives have their own little uh, news outlet just for them. And I thought, really? That's cute. First of all, to use the word little. How condescending. <laughs> it was, it's very condescending, as if somehow we're just kind of cloistering around the little fire that's known as, you know, conservatism in, in the Fox News, you know, because that gives us the warmth. That we don't want to deal with a big, bad world, right? And, and putting aside the fact that it's more than twice the viewership than, uh, than CNN and MSNBC combined. I mean, it's really, it's really very far-fetched. They, they, CNN and MSNBC, have become the little ones. That's the especially MSNBC. But there you have it. Um, it it's bathing in, in, in this liberalism. So anyway, let's go back to the IRS emails. Um, this is such a good example of how liberals hide their heads in the sand. Uh, they just, they, they will it away. They just say, well, it's not in the news. Therefore, it can't be that big a story, right? Um, it just means nothing. And, and the funny thing is, the same thing was true about the slaughter of Christians by ISIS, and for that matter, the general Arab world, uh, that, that had been going on for about 10 years. They've been systematically destroying the Christian communities throughout the Arab world. And um, you know now, what's the expression with the last person leaving the airport, please turn off the lights, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. There are virtually no Christians in um, the, the, the territory now held by ISIS. They've managed to systematically destroy them all, kill them all, in a, the most barbaric way possible. No one was talking about it, and this is my point. No one, until ISIS started talking about it, until Fox News started reporting about it. And then it was thrown in the face of the Obama administration, and suddenly they had to deal with it. I, I, the administration seemed to be perfectly content to not do, deal with it at all because, you know, they're just Christians. That's, that's the, the approach they have. Be, and why do I say that with such confidence? Because until recently, they didn't do anything about it. It's only when ISIS threw these vicious videos in our face, and Fox News also reported it, and that Obama had to deal with it. Um, that uh, that now he's supposedly dealing with it, but he's not dealing with it. He's only talking about it. But that's another story. Yeah, they didn't do anything about it in Egypt during the reign of terror of Mohammed Morsi a couple of years ago when they were slaughtering the Coptic Christians. Very good they point. Didn't do it in in uh, uh, Tunisia or Morocco or or uh, Libya. Right. Or and of course. Remember the gas attacks in, in Syria when his red line became a pink line to where it faded to a magenta line to where it blew away entirely. Most of the targets, the collateral damage, the, if you will, the moderate Arabs in Syria who we needed to reach out to right away were the Christians who were slaughtered first, who, as yeah. it turns out, turned out to the, be the original Christian um, victims of the ISIS movement. I'm a little bit concerned with what you just said. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Particularly the, the word magenta. You you are a straight man, right? <laughs> what is magenta? <laughs> I have no idea. You're right. I'm supposed to see the world in 16-bit color and not know the difference between or, orange, burnt, and pumpkin. That's right. <laughs> there are the following co colors in your mind exist: red, brown, blue, <laughs> green, yellow, black. White. Excuse me while I go away to my ballet lesson right. now. You can refer to pink, but only in a disgusted sort of way. <laughs> and that's it. I think uh, I think I've named all the colors successfully. 
<laughs> Magenta. Anyway, no, your point is a very well taken point, and uh, I, I am, uh, and, and and of course the if you want further proof of this. The Obama administration is doing nothing, repeat nothing, and I'm going to say it in several languages now, rien, nada, fs, <laughs> that's Hebrew for zero, um, no, null, uh, yeah, uh, kein, kein, well, kein means none, yet, yeah. um, which means just no, he's doing nothing when it comes to the rise of anti-Semitism in Europe. Nothing. Okay, when, when Toulouse happened with that school, which was just the beginning of, or, well, it wasn't even the beginning, but it was the beginning of the end, so to speak, of uh, the rise of anti-Semitism in France. Uh, nothing. Nothing. And con this administration continues to do nothing. It, it's only when uh, somebody will actually show the slaughter of Jews in France or any other European country or any, anywhere in the world, uh, and Fox News will then report it, will Obama maybe say something about it. But meanwhile, it, hey, it's not big enough. You know, we won't deal with this. But if, there, if it were the equivalent of Muslims um, in any country, say, I don't know, Serbia, I don't know, that's a crazy example. I don't know that that would ever happen. I don't know if that ever happened. That never happened ever in history. Then, of course, the, he, he would cause the world to, to rally, just like Bill Clinton, uh, against uh, this monstrous you know, ethnic cleansing situation. But when it comes to Jews, eh. When it comes to Christians, eh. No big deal. So this is the hide the head in the sand sort of mentality. And my, my liberal friends, you... you you don't see this. This happens with the IRS. It happens with the Benghazi situation. It happens with uh, the Fast and Furious situation. It happens with what's going on with immigration. You're, you're just hiding your head in the sands. You are pretending that it, it's a null issue. It's a, it's a non-existent issue because your CNN and MSNBC are not reporting it. So, therefore, it doesn't exist. Yeah, and the New York Times, when they reported, they write a 24 paragraph article and buried in, in paragraph 22. Yeah, 24, 24 line uh, article. Yeah, not even 24 paragraph article. Well, they did. There was a 24 paragraph one that came out the other day about this slaughtered journalist, Sotloff. Yes. And um, do you remember Cindy Sheehan? Of course. Remember the airtime Cindy Sheehan gave? And the New York Times proclaimed that, they gave her. that, that a mother's indignation trumps the prerogative of a president. Remember how yes. she was... The, okay, well, anyway, based on that rationale, that, that construct, well, you'd think that uh, the mother of Stephen Sotloff would have an equal uh, amount of indignation that's righteously rooted in, in the ability to get media to cover her, right? No. So she made some statement about how she's furious with Obama for getting Bergdahl bat right away, but delaying for months any attempt to rescue her son or Foley, which, of course, didn't happen, and they were slaughtered. Yeah. The New York Times writes a 24-paragraph article about this, a long, you know, starting at the front page, continuing to page 830 or something about this, buried the, buries the part that she's as angry at, at uh, Obama as Cindy Sheehan is at Bush in the very bottom of the article where no one would read it. Well, look, I mean, you're expecting consistency from the liberals. Uh, well, that is consistency. They always do it. Yeah, and I, you know? I, I, well, yeah, they always consistently uh, not talk about the issues that are um, that are negative toward them and always try to talk about the issues that uh, they feel will trump their, the, you know, their story. For example, uh, what was that 
um, what was that uh, prison in Iraq where Abu Ghraib. Abu Ghraib, right? That went on for sixty, ninety days. Front cover stories every single day, you know, based upon the one picture, and you know, as if as if somehow Bush himself or personally engaging in this torture. Um, and it, it's nothing compared to what they they were doing to uh, uh, to the Christians. I mean, please. Yeah, no one got crucified, beheaded, electrocuted. They just were stripped naked and photographed, having to pose in yeah. <laughs> demeaning poses. Yeah, it's dem- it was demeaning. But the Yazidis would love for that. To happen yeah, if, to if that if that were the worst that happened to the Yazidis, uh, you know what they would say. I'll take it. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. Well, I guess uh, if you give me a choice, I, I guess I'll just have to do that. Yeah, well, glad that's over. That's my life as a, as a peasant. Exactly. You know? So, so uh, look, I mean, my liberal friends, please, you, you may believe in your position. I get that. Okay, you, you, you're hardwired to believe the way that you believe, and we can talk about that in a moment. But you really need to be much more objective about the way the press is telling your story, your side of the version. You, you have to be a little bit suspicious and a little bit concerned that you, get, you give so much attention to the madness of Abu Ghraib, for example, and, uh, and whether or not a, a, a Republican senator or congressman you know, taps his feet on the ground at an airport. That you, you get all discombobulated about. But when it comes to the wholesale slaughter of Christians and the, the dramatic rise of anti-Semitism in Europe, it's a big yawn for you. Okay, ask yourself, is this the world I want to live in? Is this a game where I just get to, to hide my chess pieces and, uh, and, and try to win by, by stealing other people's chess pieces? You know, is this, is this how it plays out? Do you, do you want to be an honest broker? Do you want to be intellectually honest at the same time? I would like to think that you do want to be intellectually honest. I know that my brother is. I know that a lot of my liberal friends are. But I, I think that they are seriously in the minority. And even my brother, you know, God bless him. He, I, I think he, he uh, you know, when it comes to the IRS scandal, for example, uh, I think he thinks uh, that this is a non-issue and uh, that uh, we should focus instead of, and, and to his credit, he thinks that there is a really serious scandal when it comes to the Veterans Administration. But he also, I think he also knows that nobody's really talking about that anymore. They should be talking about that. But nobody's talking about that anymore. I, I think that's a safe issue to be upset about. But again, you can't really kind of fault. You can fault uh, Obama, but you can't fault Obama the way you can. And it's, it's much more egregious about what, what's happening with the IRS emails. That goes all the way to the top. And I'm very convinced that Obama knows and knew about the targeting of conservative groups and that, and and the worst you can say for Obama, and I think Obama is responsible because he is the, the head of the country, is you can say he was negligent. I don't think Obama at any point said, "Let's see what we can do about making the lives of the veterans as miserable miserable as possible." I think maybe he didn't care enough. He was negligent in that department. Um, so, you know, I think that a lot of my liberal friends will say, "Yeah, you've got a scandal when it comes to the Veterans Administration." But they really don't like what they're seeing when it comes to the IRS emails because that, my friends, is really ugly stuff. Well, there's a difference between scandals of bureaucratic negligence, which happen in any bureaucracy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Any organization that gets large becomes impersonal and and anywhere from demeaning to murderous of the victims of its red tape. That's right. Uh, at, at various levels. Veterans who have medical problems are more likely to die than people who just need their paperwork stamped at the DMV. But the, the callousness of a bureaucracy 
is a constant in life. Yeah. But a, a bureaucracy that, that unmoors itself from its, its bounds and its, its restrictions to become an offensive weapon at the behest of political leaders for their own convenience, that becomes criminal. Yeah, that's right. I, I, well said. Here comes the ultimate question. And this to every one of my liberal listeners. At what point, what will it take for you to say, my God, we are being led by somebody that either A, doesn't know what he's doing, or B, is taking us down a really bad path? Or C, we're being led by someone I really wish I didn't vote for twice now. That's right. That's what I want here. I don't care if they come up with A or B. I really want them just to admit, you know what? Bush was better at this job That's than right. this guy is, who I wanted so badly to be good at the job. Right. At what point do you say we've been had? Yes. Right? Um, and, you know, I like your phrasing. Um, I voted for this guy twice, and now I, I just... I, what point do you say that is enough? Thank you very much. You're incompetent. And, and in fact, I'm concerned that you're doing things you know, purposefully in a corrupt way. So either one I'll take. Either that, you're, that he's incompetent or that he's purposely doing some bad things. What will it take? If the IRS emails come out to, to light that, that, that Obama knew about this, it was clear that he knew about this, uh, will that be enough? Or will you say, again, well, that's still no big deal because, you know, the, the president is entitled to know what's going on and, and, and all these conservative groups, well, they were engaging in bad stuff and therefore the numbers don't mean very much. Uh, these particular uh, conservative groups were just uh, abusing the IRS code. Uh, what, what are you where, – where will it go? Yeah, well, I think what the, the real key – What does it take, is, I, is, should, I should ask. Is these people have to get over their either – liberal white privilege guilt yeah. that they harbor for some reason because they were not Jim Crow racists and just look at the first black president as just another president yeah. and hold him to the same accountability and stop protecting him because of his skin color in their hearts and minds I know they want so badly for him to be a good president because of the historical nature but the historical nature we've talked about this before of him being elected is an accomplishment of us as, right. as, as an aggregate society, not of him as an individual man who's been entrusted with the, the job of president. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a very good point, Ari. And had this man been white and had the exact same name or, for that matter, just a simple it American age. name, <laughs> right. I, th I, think, I think there would be a lot more attack on him. And what we are engaging in, in fact, not us because we're, we don't care about his skin color, I think a lot of our liberal friends, our liberal listeners, a lot of them, not all of them, are engaging in what Bush has called the soft bigotry of low expectations. Precisely. And they are so enamored by his skin color and so hell-bent on preserving their uh, investment in voting for the first black president um, that they are unwilling to scale it back and say, okay, now let's evaluate him as a... a, a you know, on any regular scale, as a president, as a president, not as a black president, not as a black man, right? And I'm, I'm, when you give him low expectations because he's a black man, precisely because he's a black man, then you are engaging in bigotry. You know, that's exactly what I've been saying since 2008 about this man. I said, if you're voting for him because of his skin color, that's an act of racism. 
It sure that's is. Not, of, of all things. They'll call it good racism, but that, but, but, but it's, it's racism in the sense of that affirmative action is also racism, and I and I agree, it is racism that you don't you don't fight racism with racism. It's just you know, like you don't fire fire with fire. It's not possible. It doesn't. The fire doesn't get any lessened because you're you're throwing more fire at it. Yeah, right? evaluating for someone because of their skin color for right or for wrong is always wrong. It's always wrong. It, as King said, evaluating someone for the content of their character, no matter what their color. Is always right. Always right. That's that's it's so simple and it's so basic, and we that we have to explain this in a podcast is is amazing. Look, I want to tell you about because this touches upon um, uh, the, our general topic. I had dinner last night with Dennis Prager and uh, and his son, and we were meeting with a couple of uh, very cool people, um, and it was just a very intimate dinner, and it's such a pleasure talking to him and, and learning from him. He said something that was so monumental, monumental to me last night. He was saying it in passing almost. And he said, I've discovered that people are not touched unless they want to be touched. And I'm not talking, not talking physically, of course. I'm talking about, you know, that they, they reach epiphanies, that they, that they learn uh, something see the light, but they, they see the light. Yes. But they will not see the light unless they actually, uh, you know, are able to turn their head in such a way that they actually can see the light. Yeah, and and conversely, someone who doesn't want to see the light, no matter how bright it is, never will. They never will, and it doesn't matter how logical you are, how nice you are to them, and or what a good example you are to them. Uh, they'll never see the light, and and I ask you, and I I believe that so strongly. People, I'll repeat it. People are not going to be touched unless they are willing to be touched. That's really the bottom line. I, I discovered this true with my own conservatism. Uh, I, I was willing to listen. I was really willing to understand the arguments. Why is it, you crazy conservative, <laughs> that you think that this makes sense? Please go ahead. I, I, just, I just want to understand your arguments. And as they spoke, I said, uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, okay, that part makes sense. Uh, that part makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess that makes sense too. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then all of a sudden, nine out of ten things made sense to me. And the tenth one, which I was still kind of kicking and screaming about, which was abortion. You know, even then, I, 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 they were so commonsensical, if that's a phrase, that I was willing to entertain the abortion argument to say, okay, now, even though I don't agree with your, pro cho- or your pro-life stance, I still understand your pro-life stance. See, that was, that was a brilliant moment. And then it took me a little, like five years later, that I began to understand, yeah, I agree with your pro-life stance. It's an interesting thing. And then oh, I can hear a lot of the liberals saying, oh, my gosh, Barack, you know, th- those who know me, you know what, uh, you're pro-life? What, what? That's crazy. You know, Really? Folks, is it, is it really that crazy to say that if I believe in God, first of all, and I fiercely believe in God, that I'm, I somewhat am squeamish of the idea of killing something, even though it's in a womb? That I'm the crazy one, you understand, for believing that there's a life, even though it's in the womb. I'm the crazy one. A life created by this all-powerful God. Right, right. I am the crazy one, <laughs> not them. They're the ones who want to say, "Hey, it's just a it's a bag of tissue." Yeah, not Sandra Fluke. Yeah, no, that's that's you. right. I am the crazy one, yes. right? That the, the, they're the norm, and I'm the bizarre guy. 
who? Okay, and, and now, and then of course it all gets into the, the to the to the gray area, or as you would say, the magenta area, <laughs> the, <laughs> where all of a sudden, you know, well, what is life? I mean, where is it? That they, they certainly agree that you know, killing a a baby when the when the mother is six months pregnant, well, that's not that ain't right. Yeah, or okay. what? Or certainly they agree if you kill a uh, spotted owl or <laughs> yeah. break a fertile spotted owl egg, you've committed a felony. Go to jail. There you for go. Ten years, that's right? right? That's a good point. Well, but but let's not, you know, over, you know, um, what, do, what do you call it? Intertwine everything here. Let's just focus on it again. I mean, again, I'm the crazy one, right? The yeah. one who believes that that abortion is bad. It's wrong. So, but they 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 nevertheless acknowledge that. Killing a fetus at six months is not good, and five months, and four months, and possibly three months. So, so why am I crazy if I say that that killing a fetus at two and a half months, for example, is bad and evil, when you acknowledge that killing a fetus at three months is evil, right? Is that is that the difference, folks? I mean, do you understand how 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 disingenuous this argument is? Right, and inconsistent. You just take Sandy Hook. It was liberals who were apoplectic at six-year-old children being killed. Right. But, the, you know, I, I mean, there's a, uh, an actor uh, and comedian I know named, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Okay, well, forget his name. It doesn't matter. Anyway, he was posting all this stuff on uh, Facebook about how terrible Sandy Hook is. And I just asked him, do you have the same stance on abortion? Yeah, it's a good point. He started posting what a moron, murderer, psychopath I am saying that I thought it was okay to murder kids at Sandy Hook. Oh, I see. Because I'm pro-life. Right. And I wrote to that no, that's the opposite. Yeah. Of course, people I'm liberal, just asking him to ask liberals, the question. Liberals so often say they, they so often tell you what what you're thinking and what you're saying, which yes. you've never said anything of the sort. But let, let's not di- di- you know, digress too much here. Now, I'm what, just making the point that life for life, they can't even look clearly. They can't even do that. Life for life. And all I'm saying to, the, to our liberal listeners is, please, you need to think it through. We always say that, right? And you need to be far more objective when it comes to the analysis that you engage in and the issues that you see. And I want you to understand something. If now that you understand that this Christian wholesale Christian slaughter has been going on, you need to ask the question: Why is it being suddenly uh, noted now? Because you you should know, my my good listener, especially my liberal listener, you should know at this point that the Christian slaughters weren't just happening two months ago when this ISIS thing started coming to light. It was happening for for ten years before, if yeah, not decades. earlier, decades. And and uh, no one uh, argued about this. You didn't. You weren't alarmed by this at all. The only reason why you were alarmed, my liberal listener, is because the president finally had to speak about it. That's the only reason why. And CNN had to speak about it. It was yeah, suddenly a, a, a formal news item that you now had to deal with. Yeah, because the slaughterers themselves showed you exactly what they did. And to, that's to the only reason why. Perspective for those out there are saying, well, it hasn't been going on for decades. Well, Lebanon, 1975, yeah, same no. thing. I, it, you 1960s, know, I, uh, the Palestinian territories, all the Palestinian Christians who've been slaughtered by Yasser Arafat and the current that's right. Palestinian and Hamas government, it's been going on for decades. Decades indeed. So it's not just uh, the, the um, anti-Christian slaughters. It's, it's everything, my friend. You know, you, you, this should be emblematic to you of, like, why am I only... Dealing with the issues when the news tells me to deal with the issues. Why do I think it's oh, news? Well said. Yeah. Why do I think it's news only when 
you know, CNN tells me it's news. You, you need to understand very clearly, folks, there, there is tremendous things going on that you are just not witnessing on the news. And, and whether it was Rwanda, which nobody was talking about in any significant way until after the fact. But, you know, tell it to the victim who, who was uh, being cut off, you know, sliced in half by some horrible, um, yes, what do we call that knife? The big sword. Yeah, the but, but those people, tell it to them to say that somehow they're not being slaughtered. They are being slaughtered. And the same thing is true with every news item that we're talking about, with the IRS emails, or the Fast and the Furious, whether the Benghazi situation, what's happening in Libya now with the airport and uh, how the complete takeover by the, the, the Muslims there. It's happening, folks. And just because CNN chooses not to cover it doesn't mean that it's not happening. And, and think about the mentality, too. I'm going to sit back and choose to be such a follower little bot that I'm going to sit here like a good little romper room student and wait to be told what to think by some news anchor who's paid for part and parcel and entirely whole by some major corporation, right? Those corporations they hate. And I'm going to believe that. Rather than reaching out to multiple news stories to find out where the truth lies in between all of these different perspectives and be a leader rather than a follower. I I think that's right. And remember, um, just ask yourself, my liberal listener, do you want to be a sucker? Because in in a sense, you're, you're just being a sucker. If you just... Hop to whenever CNN tells you to hop to, or MSNBC in particular, or New York Times, LA Times, Washington Post, you name it. When they tell you to hop to, and that's when you're going to get involved, you know, or, or when you think that there's news, and then you quickly want to defend the news if it looks bad to you. Do you, do you really want that for yourself? Aren't you better than that? Aren't you? And, and it's, we just showed you an example. The Christian slaughter is such a good example of what we're talking about. It happened. And Rwanda happened, and all these other things happened. But the, the news, and I understand it, they, they only have so, many, so much time to tell and to choose. But understand that it is a selective process. Understand that they, they chose to do Abu Ghraib for 60 or 90 days in a row, front-page news. And there were a lot of other things going on that were much more worthy of front-page news than Abu Ghraib. Okay? Maybe it was appropriate to be front-page news for... A week, maybe, maybe less. But it wasn't appropriate for 90 days. And they wanted to keep it digging. And had it been, let's face it, folks, had it been um, Obama's war or Obama's conflict that he was dealing with, they would have buried that as well. So just be smarter. I know you're smarter. I know a lot of you liberals out there are very smart. My brother's one of them. Uh, I have many good friends who are really smart liberals about this. I, I, I beg of you to really... Ask yourself that one question. The Christians were being slaughtered way before. Why are we only learning about it now? And how is it that we came to learn about it? Oh, that's right, because the president now started talking about it. But it was happening before for many, many decades. All right, what will it take, my friends? What will it take for you to see the light? This is Barack Lurie. This has been the Barack Lurie Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you real soon.